uh, we're just going to go into prayer and I'll go into the word. Uh, what I want to share with you tonight is really important. Uh, something that uh, for the most part, we as Christians, you and I, we don't really focus on, but we really need to have that in the back of our mind and know it. And uh, by the grace of God, I'll share with you how I believe this works for us. Amen. Uh, can we bow our heads and pray? Father, I would just want to thank you for your word. And uh, your word never returns to you void. We ask that you speak to us tonight and give us understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I beginning tonight, because I know I'm not going to be able to get through. But beginning tonight, I want to talk about angels. And uh, I've titled the message, Angels on Assignment. Uh, a lot of us don't think a lot about the ministry of angels. And you possibly have heard me. Uh, I've heard stories about angels. And it's a good thing. Uh, there, there are people in the world that actually worship angels. Uh, there's a, a group uh, in my country their ministry is really devoted to the worship of angels. And uh, here in the United States and around the world, there are all kinds of things. Some people focus so heavily on angels and others don't want to deal with that because they don't want to go on the deep end. But this is a reality. Angels are a part of our lives. Angels work with us. And you really need to understand and know that, that they are there and they are here for a purpose. And just, just to be aware of it is not good enough. You have to be aware of it and come to the place where you have true confidence. And you will see their work in your lives. I'm going to go into the message so I don't go too much into it. But let's, let's, let me share with you. In First Corinthians chapter 2, Verse 12, something I really want you to take to heart and, and understand how important this particular scripture, the revelation in this particular scripture is. It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we, may, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So, if you read that scripture and you meditate on the scripture, he's telling you that the Holy Spirit was given to you for this purpose, to know. What that tells us is knowing is very important. If you don't know what I've been freely given to you, you can't enjoy it. The Holy Spirit was given to us. He's the spirit that we receive from the Father. And the purpose, full purpose of that is for you, for the Holy Spirit to help you know. Now, you can know by another means. You can know by just what people, Christians say. That's not good enough. That's not revelation. The only way that you can truly know, it can come through somebody speaking from the word of God. It can come through maybe prophecy. But it has to be 
the Holy Spirit behind it, opening your eyes to know truth. The Holy Spirit was given to you that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So knowing is very important. If you don't know, it will not work for you. If you don't receive from the Holy Spirit, you got no faith. You can hear from men, and you know how Christians are. We are. We hear these things that are said among us, and we say we all believe in it. But it wasn't a revelation from the Holy Spirit, from the Word of God. When the Holy Spirit reveals it, then faith goes along with it, and you have revelation, and it will work for you. But if you don't know by the Holy Spirit, you can know it in your mind. That's why a lot of Christians wonder, I know these things. I believe these things. See, before you, you start saying the scripture, they complete it for you. But it's not working. Why? Because all in have is head knowledge. It wasn't revelation from the Holy Spirit. Now, is it hard to get revelation from the Holy Spirit? No, it's really easy. If you want to know. That's why Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, the door shall be opened, will be opened to you. But you see, the Bible says the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God. Right? The Spirit searches the deep things of God. Now, he is the Holy Spirit. Why is he searching the deep things of God to reveal to you? And that's what's going to make you as a Christian. Until you receive from the Holy Spirit those deep things. Deep calls out to, to deep. Many Christians are just happy to just get their feet wet a little bit. You don't really go after, seek to have knowledge. Grace be more, peace be multiplied to you according to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can read that in Second Peter. So grace is multiplied, peace is multiplied only according to knowledge. And the knowledge has to be the knowledge given to you by the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of Christians live just in the, in the flesh. The things that they see, how they feel, what they, what they hear, and all of that. That's how they live. So the ministry of angels is not a question for them. They just, well, the angels are there. And, and, and I'm going to let you know this. And I'm going to show you from scriptures. Just because you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you don't need the ministry of angels in your life doesn't mean that we all need the ministry of angels we need that but if you don't know they're not at work in your life because you need to know the things that have been freely given to you if it works then because i'm a christian i don't need to know that god has already said it there it works for me no it don't work that way you got to know by revelation and I'll show you but later, maybe next week or so, how these angels can work on your behalf and what to do 
to help to make them work on your behalf. For many of our lives, they are really wondering, why am I sent here? What am I doing with this fellow? When are you going to wake up? What's wrong with you? Because we're not really hungry. Let me share with you. In Hebrews chapter 1, it's verse 13 and 14. The writer was talking about angels. And he says, to which of the angels has he ever said, God ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Are they not all, are they not all, how many of the angels? All ministering spirits sent forth, right? To minister for those who will inherit salvation. Thanks, brother. All. Now, let me let you know this. What most Christians know about angels is they sing praises unto God. Right? Well, the Lord is known as the Lord of hosts. Angels are not just choir boys. They are the armies of heaven. These are warring spirits. And the Bible says they have been sent. Not going to be sent. They have been sent. They are already here ready to minister to you and to me. They are ministering for us, for our benefit. You get it? They are warring spirits. God sent them here for our protection, for our victory, and for our comfort. They are here for us to war, to make war, for us, so that we can be victorious. God sent them here. But just because they are here and they have been sent, don't mean that they are at work in your life. You have to know by revelation that they are here. And they are in your life. And they are at work. You have to know. There is something you need to do as a Christian. You see, anything that is not of faith is what? Sin. God's not going to work with that. You have to release your faith and believe, and then they will be at work in your life to protect you, to fight for you, and to bring comfort to your life and your family. We have to know. Say it with me. I have to know. You have to study. You have to have faith. And faith only comes by hearing and if you don't know by the holy spirit you have no faith and if there is no faith it won't work for you the world is saved totally because jesus has already died on the cross is the whole world saved no they have to know right and they have to act and put faith jesus died for the world right he died for the sins of the world but everybody's sin forgiven. No, they have to know it, believe it, act on it, and then they are saved. Think about it. 
Even though Jesus died and the whole world could be saved, and every man, every woman on earth could be saved, but a lot of people will go to hell because they didn't know about it, or they knew about it, didn't believe it, didn't act on it, and it didn't work for them. And they go to hell. That's how important this is. We have to know. You have to know. And I'm going to show for, as we progress how important the ministry of angels are. They can actually touch your life and change things. Amen? Who are angels? You know, that's who are they? Now, the Bible tells us they are part of the they are part of the armies of of God in heaven. You have to recognize that angels are personalities. If you want to have it, they are people. They are personalities. There is an angel. His name is Gabriel. He is a person. You see him all the way from the Old Testament. He appeared to Daniel in the Old Testament and appeared to Mary. The same angel, same person. Gabriel. They are people. Personalities. There's Michael. These are angels. They, they, they exist. But they exist in the unseen world. You can't see them. The Bible tells us that they are made a little lower. We are made a little lower than the angels. What that means is that angels have greater might, greater intelligence, greater vigor than we have. They, angels, just like demons, are unseen. A demon can influence a person's life, right? They can change situations in your life. In a moment of time, they can cause you so much trouble. One demon, a personality just like an angel, was falling from heaven. One demon in your life can cause you so much trouble and cause your family so much trouble. It's a personality. Angels can too. And they're here to minister to us. One angel in your life can change every situation around your life. One angel. And God made sure not only demons can be around us and influence us and cause us to be sick and all of that. Angels can also be around you and minister to you according to the scriptures. They have been sent forth to minister to us. But you got to know about it. And you got to believe this. It is no fairy tale. This is real. You don't have, you don't see them, but they see you and they can see everything. You can read in the Psalms, they know everything that's going on here. They know. You can touch them, but they can touch you. Just like demons. They can touch you and they can influence your life. Angels can. They can actually put strength into your life. We come into that. Amen? Angels can. They're here. 
God created them. Notice the Bible says all, right? All of them are ministering spirits. For you, how special. <laughs> you're really special there. We don't see that. But you're so special. God made you that way. For himself. An earthly, an earthly, weak, but then you got the angels ministering to you just like they're ministering to the Father. Right? They don't worship you, but they're there to meet, to work for you. So important. They excel in strength. If you read in Psalm 103, of verse 20, he says, Blessed Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. They also excel in intelligence. And, and you can read in, in um, Samuel. And, and the way David was addressed many times, people addressed him as, you have the wisdom of the angel of the Lord. And they are referring to the fact that angels have great intelligence. If you read in Second uh, Samuel chapter 14, verse 20, to bring about this change of affairs, your servant Job has done this thing, it's a lady defending herself because she was Job employed her to do something to bring Absalom back into the kingdom because Absalom had done something wrong and Job used this woman to talk to David to bring Absalom back and David said, Did Absalom make you do this? <laughs> and she says, Well, this was her reply. Uh, that yeah, Joab did that. I mean uh, did Job uh, Joab made you do this? He said she said yes. To bring about the change of affairs, your servant Job has done this thing. But my Lord is wise, she says, according to the wisdom of the angel of God. And you can check that several times David was spoken to like that. And they knew in that time that the angels are very intelligent. And guess what? We're coming to that. Not now. But they can actually increase your skill. Angels can. How? I don't know. <laughs> but I know that they can. And the Bible says they can. They will do that. But we don't worship angels. We worship him. Amen? We worship him. But the angels are here because we worship him. God knows what we have to deal with here. And no, we don't have a lot of strength. But we not only have the Holy Spirit to communicate with him, but then the angels are here to minister to us. And to cause things to change in our lives. And they're here. They're here with us. And I tell you the truth. One Christian has a more of, or not just one angel. Several angels. And I will share that with you around your life. One Christian. A lot of angels that have been assigned to you by your God. That's how special you are. That's how special you are. You are not ordinary. You're truly special to him. Many times as Christians, we forget because we are dealing with the day-to-day -day issues of life. Huh? And the pain and everything. And we just think we're like everybody else. 
you have to call, pull yourself back and go into the closet with your God and remind yourself whose child you are. And don't forget that. Those people that have, in, in simplicity, have done that, God has made them great because they refuse to look at the things and the things of, of the world and the feelings and all the senses stuff. They stayed with what they know from God and refused. And God worked with them, used them, and made a, 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 a miracle out of their lives. Amen? So it's so, it's so important. Great men of God. If you read from the Old Testament, some of the great people of God had time with angels. They did. Angels were people that they were familiar with and had time with them. Abraham did, right? Abraham had time with angels. You remember the three angels that came? The Lord was among them. Lot dealt with angels. They actually stayed in his home. These, these angels ate food. David, and I'll come back later, maybe next week. David knew what, how to use angels in his battles. I didn't know why he was so successful, but David knew how to new, use angels. He knew how to use angels, and I'm going to come up with this to share with you. Angels, he used them. That's why he never failed in one battle. How else will one man kill hundreds of people? What do you think is going on here? And there are other times when God didn't use men. He just sent one angel. And one angel destroyed 185,000 men in one night. One angel. And you got a bunch of them around you. Flaky, you're not kidding. <laughs> one angel. Sometimes we forget that this, there are ministry of angels. Think about Cornelius. You remember Cornelius? An angel appeared to me, a Gentile. An angel appeared to Peter. These guys were familiar. Remember Daniel? Daniel dealt with angel. Daniel said, an angel of the Lord, when they put him in, in, the, in the den, he said it was an angel of the Lord that shut the mouth of the lion. I don't know how many angels, but they were there before he got in. Angels were involved. Even in the New Testament. You can talk about Zacharias, this great man of God, Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist. Gabriel appeared to him, right? And Joseph, the husband of Mary, Mary, angels appeared to them. The shepherds, they're part of our lives. If you serve God, amen, they're part of our lives. If you serve God, they're part of your life. They're there. God has made it clear to us by revelation. They have been sent and these powerful beings, warriors. They are there to fight your battles. But we have to believe so that they work for us. Amen? He's there. You remember Peter? In the cell. 
in chains. Just one touch, I said, you, can, you may not be able to touch them, but they can touch you. He touched Peter, and the chains were gone, right? They fell off. Walking to the gate, the gate will open. Why didn't the Holy Spirit release Peter from the prison? Can he do it, right? He sent an angel, right? They're here to minister to us. They're there. We are New Testament saints, right? The same Holy Spirit that was with Peter and Paul. Paul had an encounter with angels also. John had an encounter. When you truly know God, you have encounters with angels. You may see them or you may not see them, but they are at work. We have to believe these things and act on them. Because they are there for us. Jesus, and I said it, just because you are filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean, and, and you know God doesn't mean you don't need the ministry of angels. Jesus needed the ministry. He was without sin. He was the Son of God. He received the Holy Spirit, not in measure, in fullness. We have in measure. He had the fullness of the Holy Spirit, yet the Son of God needed the ministry of angels. We do. And I'm going to share some scriptures with you. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, this was uh, Jesus' temptation. It says, Then Jesus said to him, Away with you to, say, to Satan. Away with you, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Verse 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, what happened? Angels came and ministered. The same word, right? They have been sent to be minister to us. They came and they ministered to Jesus. Are they ministering to us today? Yes. Jesus, at that point, the Son of God, he needed angelic ministry. Was he filled with the Holy Spirit? He was full of it. it was, the Holy Spirit was in him, but he needed the Holy Spirit. I mean the angels to be there with him. We need them. And just because, well, angels, most Christians don't even think about their effect. All they think about is goosebumps and all this crazy stuff you hear. But no, that's not where I'm going. But these things are real. And I was watching a TV show some time ago. And this is what the enemy does. It makes light of it so that you shun it and then you go the other direction and don't even uh, think about it or believe it because you see people acting silly. I watched this television program and this lady was so excited about seeing an angel and she said the angel left uh, a feather in a room. And, uh, and I, I said, wow, that's interesting. I kept watching and they, they, the guy said, well, uh, and you have the feather with you. And I said, wow, for, my, for the first time in my life, I will see an angel feather. And I, boy, I sat up to watch this angel feather. And she brought this, uh, she said, before she brought it out, she said, well, many times most Christians think that angel feathers are 
always white and all of that, but that they are not. They are not white. And she brought some kind of a feather that seemed to have been chopped from, you know, the top and the bottom, just part of it, and it was bright red. And I did this. No. I, I immediately told me, see, but what is happening in my mind is unbelievers look at that and they think, these guys, you know what I mean? Something is not right here. And we make light of it, but the truth is angels do exist. They are not here to let go of their feathers and sing. But they are here to war for you against the enemy. Don't forget that. That's why they are here. To make sure that you are happy. Jesus said, ask that you might receive what? That your joy might be full. That's God's primary will for your life. That your joy might be full. If seeing an angel feather will fulfill your joy, that's good. Then you can have all of them. But I don't think that's the purpose. The purpose is redemption and deliverance from the power of the enemy. Holiness before God. Faith, peace, joy, love. That's the issue here. And these angels will minister to us. The angels came and they ministered to him. In Matthew 26, verse 42 through 44. Verse 4, it says, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup. This was Jesus praying in Gethsemane. He was asking God to take the cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will, yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven. Notice he was praying to the Father. The Holy Spirit didn't come. An angel came from heaven. And what did the angel do? The angel strengthened him. The angel strengthened Jesus. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Notice the angel came, strengthened him so that he could truly pray. And pray, pray through. The angel strengthened him. And then he prayed more earnestly, the Bible tells us. Then he sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Well, Jesus was in a very tough situation. I've never seen anyone sweat blood in my entire life. But he was so much under pressure, he needed to be strengthened by an angel. So an angel came and ministered to, to him. And then you remember the story. Uh, Judas appeared with, with his crowd to take Jesus. And Peter got his, got, brought out his sword to fight. But Jesus replied, this is Matthew chapter 26. Uh, I will start from verse 52. But Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place. For all who take this sword will perish by the sword. 
Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? So Jesus was telling, giving us an insight. He could ask for, why is he not fighting himself? He's God, right? He could fight himself, right? He doesn't fight. If he really wanted to do anything, he'll ask his father, and his father will respond by what? Sending angels for his protection. So angels are there. We just need to know how to get them. Jesus said, I know how to get the angels to work. Amen? Do you know? Do you know how to get them to work for you? Jesus said, I don't have to fight. That sword is not going to help you. I just talk to my father and the angel, angels will be here and take care of them. But this is not the time. I'm not going to do that right now. I have a, a higher purpose. Amen? So Jesus himself needed ministry. Yes, Jesus talked about 12 legions. That's about 72,000 angels. He could just pray. Just by praying, he get that much. One is big enough. 72,000, they wipe everything out. But Jesus said, I could do that if I wanted to. But I don't want to do that. I have to go to the cross. Seven things I'm going to share. The first one I've shared. Who ranges uh, are but. This next part is to discuss seven things that angels do. What do angels do? Seven things I'm going to discuss, but I will start tonight with the first one. They carry out God's word. They follow his command. That's the purpose. Angels will not respond if what you're doing or in your life, the word of God is not in place. They only follow the word of God. So just because they've been sent to us, don't mean they will work for us unless the word of God is there. And the word about angels is also the word of God. Amen? Knowing that is the word of God. You just have to have a clear understanding. I want to read from Revelation so you can get a picture here how this works. Because Revelation is, is a picture of what's really happening. God is helping us to understand what is going on in the spirit realm and what's going to happen in the future. So I'm going to read from Revelation chapter, chapter 19, beginning from verse 11. It says, Now I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful, faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. Faithful and truth makes war in righteousness and he judges. Faithful and true. It goes in righteousness, judging, and making war. And we know that's Jesus. His eyes were like a flame of fire. 
and on his head were many crowns. So we know Jesus doesn't have just one crown. He wears many crowns. Amen. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called what? The word of God. Now guess who follows the word of God. Verse 14. And the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. He is the word of God, right? The angels follow. Everywhere the word of God goes, doing battle, the angels are right behind. They are the armies of heaven. That's why God is called the Lord of hosts. The armies of heaven, just in the angels. They go out to make war. But what goes first? The word. And behind the word, the angels are coming. So angels follow the word. You can't ask an angel to do something that's contrary to the word. And if you are living outside the word, they don't work. Get it? They follow the word. They follow the word. That's what they do. They carry out the word. Let me just put this in here. Every time God has a battle to fight, guess who he sends? The angels. In heaven, when Satan rose against God, did God fight? No. Michael and his angels did the battle. God is not going to bring himself down to the level of a devil, a demon. Let the angels take care of it. Amen? Get understanding. They fight for us. Our dealings and our fight against principalities and powers, right? The Holy Spirit is to connect us with the Father, keep us holy, make sure we are in place so we can give command. Amen? And they work for us. You get in the picture tonight? They work for us. They are there for us. Psalm 103, I go back to Psalm 103, verse 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his what? They do his word, his command. 